This is Sarah Lemon, author of the Whole Dish blog and food writer for the Mail Tribune newspaper in Southern Oregon. This podcast is produced for the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Media. You can find it online at mailtribune.com forward slash podcasts and read my blog, The Whole Dish, at mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. In my latest food section column, I invite readers to journey with me down the spice road. Those columns also run under the name The Whole Dish, and they're published every other week in the Mail Tribune's food section, a la carte. This recent column was all about taking a look at the spices you have on hand, determining whether they're still useful and which ones should be replaced or which ones no longer serve your cooking purposes, and how to bring a new spice palette into your cooking to ease the boredom of months and months of cooking more often at home and venturing out less often than many people are strictly fond of, as well as infusing your foods with some extra health benefit. Many herbs and spices have plant compounds that are beneficial to human health. And if you're seasoning your food first with bright, zesty, earthy, pungent, piquant flavors, you reach less often or less reflexively, I find, for the salt shaker. So in the spirit of a new year of new health and also just making our food more interesting, I proposed a survey of the spice cabinet and a shopping trip to either take the first few steps along this journey with maybe one spice that's unfamiliar or jump in with both feet find a cuisine that you like, and purchase the variety of spices you need to produce it in your own home. I'll go over a few of those tips here in this podcast, as well as give the recipe for the Ethiopian Spice Blend Berberet that was posted to one of my most recent blogs under the headline, Cook Spice Road Leads from Morocco to Ethiopia. My column referenced the Moroccan Spice Blend Raz El Hanout and some of my favorite Moroccan dishes going to the opposite coast of Africa. I wanted to suggest some other quintessential spice blends. It can really take your cuisine in another direction. I'll share that recipe and a recipe for a traditional lentil stew known as Meserwat using Berberet. But first, let's talk a little bit about What's the difference between an herb and a spice exactly? It's helpful to have an understanding of the terminology, although the terms are used in concert very often and sometimes interchangeably, which isn't exactly correct. I think we all know it when we see it, but more specifically, herbs are the leafy, juicy, succulent plant parts that are most flavorful when they're used fresh. All those ones that people very readily identify parsley, basil, cilantro, those tender leaves. They can be dried and when stored properly, they can still infuse foods with their essence. But spices really are the plant parts that are most suited to drying and storage over a longer period of time. They're the seeds, roots, and bark of plants, what people 
commonly refer to as spices. And they're very often ground up for easier consumption, powdered. But if you buy spices whole, they will last many times longer and they can sort of be revived through different methods, through grinding, through toasting to bring back their essence when they've been in the spice cabinet a little too long. So to determine if your herbs and spices are still good, empty out your spice cabinet and see what's there. I know that I'm certainly guilty of the kind of neglect that shoves some spices to the back where they get lost and I buy a new bottle to replace something I already have. Or maybe I buy a spice out of just idle curiosity and don't actually use it again after the first dish that sort of piqued my interest. So clean all that out, check it out, see what you've got, and then start using your senses to determine whether you should hang on to the spices or dump them and obtain fresh ones. So if it's an herb, again, the tender, juicy, leafy plant parts that can be dried, give them a smell. If you smell anything, that's fine. Go ahead and keep it on hand. If you don't detect any aroma from an herb, toss it out. Generally speaking, herbs will last a year or two if properly stored. They're very, very inexpensive to replace though, particularly if they're purchased from grocery stores, bulk bins, grocers that sell spices in bulk. If you're not familiar with purchasing spices in bulk, I encourage you to go check out the prices in the bulk section, weigh them against what it would cost you to buy a spice or herb in one of those little jars several aisles away. You'll never go back to buying pre-bottled herbs and spices. They're fresher because they turn over more quickly in the store, and you can always buy exactly what you need. If you only need a teaspoon of a spice that you don't typically use, buy a teaspoon, and then it's not going to go stale in your cabinet. There's all kinds of storage containers you can purchase online, little metal containers, little glass containers. You can even use four ounce canning jars very successfully, depending on how much room you have in your spice cabinet or drawer. Please take some time to familiarize yourself with bulk spices and shop that section first. If you've tossed out your herbs, you obviously need to replenish them, preferably from the bulk section. For spices, there's a little bit more leeway. Rub the spice between your fingers and see if you can detect any aroma. Crush it with the flat side of a knife blade or grind it in a mortar and pestle and then sniff it again. Granted, we're talking about whole spices here, cloves, cinnamon sticks, all spice berries. If it's a ground spice, Spoon some into a dry skillet over medium heat and allow it to toast lightly, stirring the pan to prevent burning. That should release the aroma of the spice. If you can smell it after these tests, it's still worth keeping on hand, so long as you plan to use it. If it's just too obscure for your cooking, do yourself a favor, just toss it. Make room for something else that you'll enjoy more. And of course, one of the cuisines that I enjoy, as I mentioned in my column, is North African cuisine. 
I compound my own Ra's Al Hanout blend that I use in so many things. Roasted meat, I, I basically use it as a barbecue rub. I also advocate for trying curry powder to season your food in lieu of Lari seasoned salt if you're a fan of that blend. Turmeric is a major component of curry powder, and it's also one of the key ingredients in Lari's. Use curry powder though, and you're saving yourself all of that sodium, which we should be cutting out of our diet as much as we can. And of course, the very fact that this is a beloved American brand tells you that turmeric isn't ethnic per se. It's embraced worldwide, and it's something I use just on its own in basic vegetable-based soups. I'll add about a teaspoon of turmeric, which imparts a vibrant color, boosts the nutritional value, and sort of grounds the soup in its earthiness. So don't think about having just an ethnic recipe for some of these spices. They can be used in your everyday cooking very successfully with just a little bit of experimenting. Let's talk about a spice blend that's very adventurous for a lot of people who aren't familiar with, haven't tried Ethiopian food. It's the quintessential spice blend of that country, Berberet. The key ingredients are chilies, dried chilies. This recipe calls for New Mexico chilies, probably because that's the closest approximation in this country to chilies perhaps more common in Ethiopia. There's also paprika, cayenne powder, onion powder, ground ginger, ground cumin, coriander, cardamom, fenugreek, garlic powder, cinnamon, nutmeg, allspice, and cloves. <laughs> I'll give the exact quantities here. Basically, the process is simple. Combine all the ingredients and shake them up to mix them or stir them together well and store in an airtight container. It makes 15 servings, which you can use in this recipe for Meser Wat that I'll give next. I'm also going to post a recipe next week for the beloved Ethiopian dish, Dora Wat. And you can even use this again, like a barbecue rub for grilled meats. It's delicious. So combine for Berberet, a half cup ground dried New Mexico chilies. You may need to source those from a Latin market. There are a number of large grocers in our area who do stock them in their bulk sections. A quarter cup paprika, a tablespoon cayenne pepper. Now again, you can tone down the spice on this if you compound your own seasoning blends. Instead of just buying a premixed blend online, you can control the flavor, including how much heat it has. A teaspoon each onion powder, ground ginger, ground cumin, ground coriander, ground cardamom, and ground fenugreek. That last one may be a little obscure. It is available, again, in bulk spice sections locally. I have seen it. If you're having a hard time sourcing it, the Spice and Tea Exchange in Ashland is a great resource, or it can be purchased online. Add to those spices a half teaspoon garlic powder, a half teaspoon ground allspice, a half teaspoon ground cloves, and a quarter teaspoon each ground cinnamon and ground nutmeg. So this isn't all full-on spicy. It's tempered with these sweet spices, which I find is very common in North African, in my experience, African cuisines, 
to combine that sweet and that spicy. My kids love this and they've taken the cooking with me and saying, oh, add a pinch of cinnamon (laughs) to just about any meat that we might be cooking. It's actually a really, really nice contrast and not so strange after all. So that's Berberet, the key seasoning blend of Ethiopia. And it's used in this lentil stew, Meserwat, posted to my blog at mealtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish on January 15th under the headline, Basic Lentil Stew is Exotic with Ethiopian Spice Blend. Consider this a main course, not just a side dish, as I state in my blog post. This is the type of dish we should all be eating to make every bite count, according to the government's latest dietary guidelines. Lentils are high in vital nutrients and fiber. They have no fat and loads of essential amino acids to pretty much fulfill everyone's daily protein needs. And this is a delicious dish that again, adds variety to your kitchen, adds sort of an adventurous tone to evening dinner. Meser Watt calls for two medium onions that have been peeled and chopped, four tablespoons oil, five garlic cloves that have been peeled and minced, a half teaspoon ground cardamom, three tablespoons berberet, you're going to need that seasoning blend, one cup red lentils, one teaspoon salt or to taste, and one to two pinches granulated sugar. That's optional. Heat a large pan that's not non-stick. A cast iron skillet would be great for this. Over medium to medium high heat. Add the two peeled and chopped onions without the oil. You want these to really caramelize. So they're going to hit the hot pan and cook. You're stirring frequently to sweat out some of the onion's moisture. And it could be any onion. A sweet onion might not have quite the punch in this dish of a yellow onion or a red onion. Or you could use a combination of the two. Often in my cooking, if I'm preparing a recipe that calls for several onions, I'll combine red onions and yellow onions. When the onions are translucent, and that'll take about five to 10 minutes, add the four tablespoons oil. It could be any kind of oil that you prefer, olive oil. I also like avocado oil and grapeseed oil. Saute a few more minutes, stirring frequently, and add the five garlic cloves that have been peeled and minced. Saute a few more minutes. Add the half teaspoon ground cardamom, the three tablespoons berberet, and two tablespoons of water. Lower the heat to medium and cook for 10 minutes, stirring frequently. Add more water if necessary to avoid sticking. Now is the time to add the lentils with their cooking water. And this technique almost reminds me of making risotto. The water is added sort of in batches and you're stirring almost continuously the grains to keep them from sticking. Now, some of the technique behind this recipe, as I understand it from reading the recipe tester's explanation, is that the lentils are just supposed to start to scorch a tiny bit on the bottom of the pan, bringing out their earthy flavor without them burning as you're continuing to add water. So start by adding one quarter cup water 
and the cup of red lentils. Stir almost continuously until that water is absorbed. Continue adding water a quarter cup at a time and stirring until it's absorbed. Again, that's letting the lentils kind of come into contact with the bottom of the pan, which is why you don't want a non-stick pan. You want one that's really going to caramelize these. Continue cooking in this manner until the lentils are fully cooked. You'll need a total of about three cups of water, more or less. Once they're tender, and red lentils tend to sort of fall apart. They're not going to stay like intact discs. They're going to kind of start to disintegrate. Top this stew off with enough water to give it the consistency of a thick sauce. And add the teaspoon salt or to taste and the one to two pinches, if you like, of granulated sugar. Although if you're following the government's latest dietary guidelines, you are eliminating all added sugars from your diet, which we've been admonished to do. But if you're going to eat a dish as healthy as this one, you could probably manage a pinch or two of sugar just to bring out the sweetness of that cardamom in contrast with the earthiness of these lentils. That recipe is originally from the Spice Islands blog spot, and it's posted to my blog, The Whole Dish, on January 15th under the headline, Basic Lentil Stew is Exotic with Ethiopian Spice Blend. Find that recipe at mealtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish, as well as the previous post from January 13th for Berberet and an infused clarified butter that will be used in the recipe for Doro Watt that I'll post next week also at mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. Thanks for listening to and reading The Whole Dish.